I have to ask the people in this uh, very beautiful Davies Hall to uh, work with me tonight because we have people really all over the United States. And as a very special surprise, we have people from literally around the world. One of the places in which we're doing this event, it's now Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in Australia. We want to welcome you. I guess that's a good way to start a, an event on relationships, is to kind of demonstrate our relatedness by showing that we really are all around the world and together at the same time. I want you to know I've done a lot of research for this. I've been reading Dear Abby now for months. I've got something very important to share with you from dear Abby. You may not, I don't know whether, I know Abby's all over the world. And uh, she usually gives pretty good advice. But there was one outstanding piece of advice that I wanted to share with you, uh, like sharing my research with you. She uh, got a letter from a woman who said that she'd been working a little late at the office one evening and when she came out of the building she came out into a rainstorm and uh, she scurried over to the bus stop where there was a kind of roof under which she could stand but the rain was driving so hard it was coming underneath the roof and getting her wet and was after rush hour and the buses were less frequent but a car pulled up alongside the curb and the door opened and a man invited her to, he would give her a ride. And she said that obviously she never, never accepted rides from strangers. But given the circumstances with the rain and the late hour, she reluctantly agreed and she got into the car and the man looked like a very decent person and he invited her, he was very polite about it. And he said that he was going straight up the avenue and she lived straight up the avenue about 20 or 30 blocks up, and she got in the car and they began driving, she said in her letter to Dear Abby, and they got into a conversation and they were enjoying the conversation with each other. And he said, well, maybe we ought to stop and have a drink. It's such a nasty night and we're enjoying the conversation. Maybe it'd be nice to have, you know, stop and just to prolong the conversation a little bit. And she said, well, she never had drinks with strangers. <laughs> Given the circumstances, she made an exception. And uh, they went in, they had a drink, and they enjoyed the conversation even more. And she said that they were just really enjoying each other. And she invited him to come to dinner at her apartment. He accepted. And she said, of course, she never had dinner with strange men. But they were getting to know each other. And given the circumstances, the rainstorm and so forth, she thought that it was appropriate. And the man had been so nice in offering her a ride. And he bought her a drink. And, so she did invite him to dinner, and he came to dinner. And at any rate, she said one thing led to another, and they wound up spending the night together. And it was a really wonderful night. And she was very deeply moved by her experience of this man. And the next morning, when she woke up, he was gone, and she'd never heard from, from him again. And she said, Dear Abby, what shall I do? And Abby wrote the answer, Pray for more rain.
So you see, research pays off. Now, I have done a lot of other research. I've boiled down here the wisdom of the ages about relationship and love. Now, you know, this isn't all the books that have been written on it and all the things that have been said, but it kind of represents the wisdom from all of the books and all the things that have been said and all the wise people's sayings. And I thought seriously about reading it to you, but there's four pages of type here. People like Balzac and Dorothy Parker and D.H. Lawrence and Walt Whitman and Shakespeare and Voltaire, Victor Hugo, Longfellow and so forth, even Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> and I thought seriously about reading these four pages to you because I wanted to show you how meaningless how little impact all the wisdom which this culture called humanity has about relationships and love. But I read it to myself last night and it was so boring <laughs> that I decided it would take something away from the evening if I read it to you. So I'm not going to read it. But I did want you to know about it. I wanted you to know that if we take all of the wisdom of the ages about relationship and love, that really not much shows up in it which actually makes a difference to our being able to relate with each other in a way that makes a difference or to having any mastery with respect to the phenomenon of love. Now, if you want to read about warfare, that's a subject in which a lot has been said and it's had a great deal of impact on the art. You know, there are certain phenomena which show up from time to time in the process of humanity. They're there kind of like constantly in warfare or aggression or disagreements are one of those phenomena and another one of those phenomena is relationship and love. Shows up all the time. If you look back over history, you'll see that we've come a hell of a lot further in the art of warfare than we have come in the art of relating and love. As a matter of fact, I have the suspicion that we're no further along in being able to relate to each other powerfully in a way that makes a difference, in a way that lights up our life than we were when it first got invented or anybody even noticed that there was such a thing as relationship. The one other problem with relating it, is that there's no practice. You know, if you want to play tennis, you get a chance to practice and learn how to do it before you get on the court to play. If you want to be a writer, you can practice and learn before you actually have to write something. You can learn a profession, you can practice a profession, but there's no practicing for, for relationship. You're up at bat all the time. It's a shame. 
seems like a pretty important thing to not have any opportunity for practice. But that is the way it is. We are related. We start out that way and we end that way. There's a quote about life that I think translates pretty well for relationship from the philosopher Ortega. He says, we cannot put off living until we are ready. The most salient characteristic of life is its coerciveness. It's always urgent, here and now, without any possibility for postponement. Life is fired at us point blank. And so it is when we find ourselves in relationship. There we are, like point blank, being in the relationship, both having to live it and try to manage it at the same time, and the living somehow interferes with the management, and certainly the management of a relationship interferes with the living of it. Now there's something important about that with respect to the evening. And what's important about that with respect to the evening is that the evening isn't a time out from being related. We cannot take time out. You can practice tennis, but you can't practice relationship. You can only be related. So what we're looking for tonight, what I'm inviting us to engage in, is rather than progressing from where we find ourselves in our relating, in our ability to relate, in the art of relating, rather than progressing from where we find ourselves, to try to move closer to the place where love is and where love works. Rather than that, I'm inviting us to be committed tonight in our work together to literally shifting the domain in which we relate from the one which we've been, in which we've been relating to one where love is and love works, something like that. A shift in the domain from repeating the things that we've done in the past, attempting to improve them and to work on them, where we're moving up and it's good, to down and it's bad, to back up and it's good and back down and it's bad, moving from that spectrum of possibility of moving up and down from better to worse and worse to better, to move from that to a breakthrough so that a new possibility is brought forth in our work tonight, a new possibility of relating, which isn't like the old possibility, doesn't preclude the old possibility, doesn't deny it to us, but really one which opens up a new space of possibility. Now, I know that's always hard to listen to. Life always seems to be a continuum. We build today out of yesterday. And we look forward to tomorrow, somehow in relationship to today as better than today, or more than today, or at least different than today. So I know that's the listening with which we show up 
in any conversation, in any work that we do, we show up as an extension, a listening for an extension, something better than, something more than, at least something different than. And I'm asking us to be together tonight, not working with that kind of listening, but working for a breakthrough, working to bring forth a new possibility for relationship and the things of relationship such as trust and love and some of the other phenomena that show up in, our, in the possibility which relationship is. Something like being willing to know what you know about relationship, but to open up a new domain of possibility in which you don't know, so relationship like a question. You see, if I ask you what is being related, what is relationship, you already have plenty of examples and plenty of ideas about it, and I'm not trying to invalidate those ideas or those examples. I, I acknowledge them as valid. I'm sure you're already quite capable of relating and have been for a long time and been relating and been relating successfully. And I'm sure you're working on, proving, on improving your relationships. But I'm asking you to listen tonight, not from there, but from a new possibility that relationship might be wherein you know nothing and relationship shows up for you like a question, like an opening, like a possibility, like a clearing. We all know about going through the motions and improving our motions. And for the most part, we've pretty much resigned ourselves to that. That, look, we know what relating is about, and we're committed to improving it and making it better. But tonight I'm inviting us not to a commitment to improvement and getting better, but to bringing forth a new possibility, which we'll call by the name of the old possibility, but we'll know it's a new possibility. See, the fact is, and you already know this without my telling you, that your relationships either work or they don't. At any given time in a relationship, it's either working or it isn't. And any particular relationship either works or it doesn't. So we all know all about that, about relationships working or not working. I mean, it's almost, if you stand back far enough and you've talked to enough people about enough relationships, it's like, okay, your relationships work. Sorry, your relationship works, so what? Or your relationship doesn't work, so what? But it gets to be like a big so what after a while. So tonight is not about the relationship which we can define or explain. It's not about the relationship which we've experienced or which is present for us. It's really about a relationship like a mystery like a profound mystery. That relationship which would start out as a profound mystery. 
Very interesting about relationships is I was kind of preparing myself to do this event with you. I was thinking that the ultimate battlefield for being, you know, when you finally really mastered being, the ultimate battlefield would, for being would undoubtedly be relationships. If you could be in a relationship, you could be any place. It's interesting, but true. If I ask you about your relationship, I'd like you to take a look at what you'd say to me. You know, if I ask you about a particular relationship in your life, I'd like you to take a look at what you'd say to me about, about your relationship. I'll bet that for the most part, what you'd do is to tell me a story about the relationship, about how you met and what happened, and the good times and the bad times, and what you learned out of both. I'm inviting you to take a look at the possibility that the opening, the clearing that you have for being related is a clearing called a narrative or a story that your relationship really can't show up as other than a narrative or a story because that's the clearing that you provided for it. And I know that's very real for you, very poignant. You know, if you get people to tell the real story about their relationship, you can get them to bring, it'll bring tears to their eyes. You see many changes in their face. Because it's true about you and me that our relationships live for us as a story, as a narrative. And I'm asking you to confront that, that in fact, the space you've got for relationship, the clearing that you have for relationship to show up in is the clearing called story or narrative, and most of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Because you're thinking, well, what else would it be? I mean, a relationship is a story. It begins someplace and things happen, and the relationship is what happens. And it goes on to unfold, and it's the story of that unfoldment which is the relationship. At best, at very, 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 very best, we have the sense that our relationship is the experiences that happened while the story was going on. And the very best we could do about relationship is a clearing in which our relationship showed up as an experience. Like being moved, or being inspired, or being committed. But suppose, just for the moment, suppose with me, that a relationship, that, that, that a relationship as a story a relationship is a narrative, 
is only one structure of interpretation for relationship. Just take a look with me for the moment that when our relationships show up as a story, as something which happened and is happening, shows up like a series of circumstances strung together with some continuity, I'd like you to suppose for a moment that that's only one interpretation of relationship, that it isn't necessarily the truth about relationship. It's not really necessarily what being related is. It's just one interpretation of relationship. And I'd like you with, for a moment to consider the possibility that not only is the story of your relationship not the relationship, but that even the experiences which were happening during that story aren't necessarily the relationship either. Now look, if you're cut off from the relationship as the story, as the circumstances, as to what you would describe, and you're cut off from the, the relationship as experience, nothing much is left. It's the what's left that I want to get at with you tonight. Not excluding the relate, sorry, not excluding the experience and not excluding the story and the circumstances in your description. But a new possibility that's beyond experience and beyond the story, but is a space or something which could transform both the power of the experience of being related and the outcome of the story. You know, it's very interesting about relationships and love. If you've had a chance to interact with people in a very intimate and open way, you'll find that almost invariably the single most problematic aspect of anybody's life, the thing about which they are having the most difficulty, the thing which is causing them the most suffering and the most pain, is that part that we call love. You know, Plato called it a, called it a grave mental disease. There's something amiss. So I say, suppose there's the possibility of relationship beyond the experience and beyond the story, beyond the narrative, and suppose whatever that is could serve as a context to empower both, of our, both our experience and the way the story turns out. Really what the story is. I want to take a little deeper look at this notion about being related. One of the things I'd like you to do is to take a look at who you are in a relationship. Now we've taken a look at this question in different places at other times, but I'd like you to take an honest look for yourself, you know, really looking within yourself to see who you are in a relationship. And I'd like you to take a look at the best moments of relating, you know, when the relationship was really wonderful.
You know, those times when you can look back where you were really deeply, profoundly in love and the word didn't even occur to you, and when there was a sense of fulfillment and wholeness and the great and deep privilege which being alive is, and a deep sense of appreciation, admiration, and respect for the other person, and none of those words were there. I'd like you to take an honest look at who you are when your relationship is like that. Where you are when your relationship is this kind of remarkable miracle. doesn't have to be in one of those that we think of as romantic relationships either. I'd like you to imagine the moment of Sadat and Begin meeting when a new possibility of a relationship between two nations was created. And I'd like you to imagine who Mr. Sadat and who Mr. Begin were at the moment. Where were they in that relationship? That's probably a little harder to imagine from outside, but if you look inside your own relationships at those moments when the relationship is most powerful, most magical, most difference-making, and see who you are, I will bet that at that moment you aren't there. What's there is a sense of fulfillment and wholeness, but no you. You show up only when the relationship is bad. And you show up like this assessment that something's wrong with you. See, I want you to take a look at those times in your relationship when the relationship wasn't working. Didn't you make the conclusion that something had to be wrong with somebody? And isn't it true that who you and I are in our relationships, when our relationships are bad, is the assessment that something's wrong with somebody? It's only when the relationship goes bad that you and I show up, and we show up like this assessment, like this evaluation, like a series of judgments, a whole bunch of thinking, you know, like this, back and forth and up and down and across and every which away, and a bunch of feelings over which we don't sense much control. The feelings kind of have us. We don't have the feelings. And I want to invite you to examine the possibility that maybe being related, maybe being in love isn't a product of emotion even though most of us identify love as an emotional state. Maybe it isn't, not really.